0: Appreciate y'all. Great show, man. Oh, that's how we jump in. Oh, man. That's what you get here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We have a lot of fun on every single one of these shows. And I got my man with me for another week. Because Chip Brown is out today. He has a golf, I don't know, schedule. You know, Chip, he's all over the place. The dude works (laughs) hard. So I let it roll. I let it roll. He's been in the game a long time. He's covered a lot of sports, a lot of big-time stories. So he deserves to you know, enjoy the fruits of his labor every once right. in a while. But, man, Ronnie Rodriguez, Double Arm, with me dude. today. Chaos Theory doing that double shift over time. Appreciate you riding with me today from mm-hmm. 1 to 3. We're going to have some fun. How you doing, my man?
1: On the clock, brother, uh, just out here. You know, I was thinking about that. You know, I'm a Mexican dude, so instead of Chip Brown, I could be Brown Chip when <laughs> I feel right. just
0: We'll just flip it. I'll be Brown Chip. Brown when Chip. With you. Oh, man. Yeah, that could be your nickname. I got you. That's absolutely hilarious, man. I was, somebody might call me Chocolate Chip. You know what I'm hey, there it
1: is, right there. You know, there okay. it is, right brown there.
0: Brown Chip, Chocolate Chip. The there way. it is. You, know, you got it all right here, man. Somebody <laughs> called my pops that back in the day, back when he was growing up, which. It was another black dude because, you know, we're both darker complexions and stuff. But right. Somebody tried to clown my pops and called him a black chocolate chip cookie, you know, and I don't know if that's an insult, but that's a compliment to me. It depends on who it's from. But yeah, man, you got to be able to switch insults and switch them into compliments. And yeah, you'll be more wow. successful. If you have that type of positive mentality.
1: Well, and it's so crazy now. uh, I mean, because you know, you know, when I was growing up, uh, I mean, all all the dudes that I grew up with, man, it it was black dudes, it was Mexican dudes, and then you had you had the rednecks, and and that's, you know, we all called each other whatever, and and, you know, you know, (laughs) nobody really ever got pissed off, you know, right? And, And back the back in the days when I was in high school, you know, those dudes that lived out in the country. They would show up, you know, they had their pickup trucks and they had the the rifle on the back of the window and all that. Ain't nobody ever got shot. Right. (laughs) It was like, okay. times are different. Times are different. different Yeah, but
0: y'all are all from the same hood. So everybody like understood, oh, we're the same like I know your mama I grew up with your mama I grew up with your grandma I went over there for breakfast and lunch at different times like everybody was family like I miss that even though it's my part of society my millennial crew that killed that type of lifestyle like bring back the just leave your door unlocked in the neighborhood because anybody can walk in and ask for some sugar and you give them some sugar like that's how it should be but life's so damn crazy people are so freaking So. That we ain't got that no more, Roddy. Right? I mean, we don't got that type of just human commodity that we need now. And, and, and that's a bad part about it, dude. It,
1: it's like you, you know, I see kids now, like in my neighborhood now. Yeah, you, you know, nobody goes outside. They don't go ride their bikes and go out there and play. I mean, when I grew up in the neighborhood that I grew up in, I mean, we'd stay out there till two a.m., three a.m. You know, playing football or we play stickball or, or you dude. know whatever. <laughs> two a.m. for real. You yeah, know, man, we, we would just stay out there, you know that they'd flash the light when it was time to go in and we wouldn't go in and the parents would look out and it's like, okay they're, they're just doing their thing or, or yeah. you know we go ride our bikes or whatever. now now I look around and it's like, man, no kids play. They, they don't they don't go outside and do the fun shit anymore. I mean it's it's a different day and time dude damn man, don't even get me started. And, and it's not it's not a political thing. Cause I know a lot of times I talk about that and it's like, no, that's not political. That's, that's society right now. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole different world. And like with my daughters, without going on a tangent, my daughters, you know, going out into the, into the world as grown women, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, I, I, it keeps me up at night. It keeps yeah. me up at night with yeah. them. I'm like, oh my Lord. But, uh, anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we, we, well,
1: progressed. we we progressed. We've progressed,
0: baby. we progressed. And you're a great father. So, again, yeah, I appreciate you rocking with me today. Jam-packed day here from 1 to 3. You know, there's a lot to talk about. Steve Sarkeesian had this Thursday Zoom press conference. We'll obviously cover that. We'll cover U of H and just preparation for that for Saturday. NFL games this week. we got the Saints and Jaguars going down today. And, yeah, man, jam-packed Astros last night. Ronnie, I know you're hype about your stros. Great bounce back win on the road, which if they could choose it, they just stay at Arlington for the next four games or five games, however they need to play and not even go back to Houston because something's going on in Minute Maid, and that might be to their demise, but we'll see. And just a lot of other sports talk that I'm going to throw at you, Double R. It's going to be a fun day, man. So, yeah, y'all stay with us, and we're going to get you through. Whatever you're doing right now, if you at work, you on your lunch break, man, Screw the boss. The boss needs to listen to Texas sports on field. if they come in and you're on your cubicle and they hear us rolling and talking shit and yapping and yapping and your boss is like, hey, Jim, what the hell are you doing? You're supposed to be doing da 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 Tell your boss, yo, man, you need to listen to this right here because this could help you out from maybe, you know, sure. being so uptight. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're here for. That's what this spot is here for, man. And, yeah, I'm hyped. I'm really hyped today. Like, Steve Sarkeesian got me pumped up in this press conference, man. What stood out to me was he said this team's angry. He said this squad is angry. This squad practiced pissed off all week. He said they had three really good practices Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And he talked about them going ones against the ones you know first team versus first team on both sides when they're doing third down drills and he said that he looked at one of the refs that they had coming in to you know keep everything calm and stuff make sure guys aren't throwing elbows and you know throwing punches because hey in a way that's kind of what i want and i'll get to that point in a little bit but sark told that ref "Hey, man, our kids love to practice they love to practice and man I hated practice, Rodney, and I never, you know, I I had one year at the college level and I got redshirted, so I never officially played a college game. We had like little scrimmages and stuff that we were allowed yeah. to play in, but they weren't technically college games, so I never lost my redshirt. But I hated college practice, and I hate one thing that I can't stand; it grinds my gears so much because only football players say this. A lot of football players that used to hoop say this, and. I kind of get what they mean but also I don't they say that oh basketball practice is fun football practice is hard I'm like where'd y'all hear this where'd you experience this because every basketball practice that I had probably 80 percent of them were brutal were tough made you question man how much do I want this Because when you're not touching the ball and you're just doing defense the whole time and your coach is pissed off because y'all just got blown out the week before, like, (laughs) that ain't fun. Ain't nothing fun about that. And I get in football, you're out there, you know, it's a lot more physical, obviously. So you're out there getting bruised and beat up and hurt and stuff. And, yeah, that's not fun. But nah man y'all need to get out the stigma that basketball practice is fun compared to other practices just because y'all look at basketball a different way depending on the coach It could be horrible every time. So the fact that you're here and start talking about this football team and talking about how much they like practice and being there and being around each other, I think that's huge for these next six games leading into a Big 12 championship, hopefully, because that's the mentality you have to have. You have to know that, hey, we train all year long, almost 365, just prepare for four months. That's it. Like we're already halfway past the season. You and I talked about, you know, the awards for the grades, excuse me, for the halfway mark. Like football season goes by so fast and it seems like it's such a long buildup until the season begins. But when you're in it, hell, we're already in week eight of college football. So that should show you how fast it goes. And yeah you gotta take advantage of every opportunity in every situation and the fact that this team is focused refocused and could have these tough practices and that they're pissed off and angry they should be they should be because this team was looking to go undefeated every team is looking to go undefeated and oklahoma they fucked that up they fucked that all up so what you gonna do you're gonna take it out on houston this week and that's the type of shit i like to hear and that's really the main thing. I'm glad that this team is
1: pissed off. I mean, they need to be. I mean, I mean because that that's a whole thing, you know, that I go back and I see this where a lot of people, even though to me the Oklahoma loss, yeah, it was a loss. But, you know, is it that really is it a bad loss? Yes. But it doesn't it doesn't totally detour your goals. And that's something that we talked about on the chaos theory to where everything is still right in front of you. It's all still right there. If you're able to get through this, you know, the the rest of the big 12 schedule, take care of business, play them again, beat them. Everything is still right there in front of you. And, you know, the other part of that is, I mean, I, I like that sense of urgency because, I mean, everything right now, Zay, it, it's different. It's different right now to where, I mean, style points and all that shit's going to count. I mean, you need to get out here, come out here and drub Houston. And, and as the season goes on, and, and I mean, I, I hate that for the team on the losing end of it, especially when somebody's physically superior to you or the talent is just that much better that you have to go out there and you just have to beat them into the ground. But that's college football right now because it is it's all about style points. You got to get out there because you're you're getting doubted. I mean, it's the whole Texas mystique that we've seen over the years to where it's like, is Texas back? All this happy horse shit that, that, that comes up. Well, you know, Texas lost to Oklahoma. They still can't get over the hump. Well, you know what? Everything is still right there in front of you. And you you have everything in place to just come on. A, just take care of business, man. Um, the, the, there's nothing there's nothing on this schedule realistically in front of you that should throw you off. And that's where we go back to where you're talking about this team being pissed off, this coach, this coaching staff, putting them in the right mindset. And, and you know, back to what you're talking about right there, Zay, when it comes to like basketball practice and all this. I mean, I know a lot of folks don't like soccer and they're like, oh, soccer sucks. You know, forget those guys. I mean, they're, you know, whatever you want to call them. Them bastards are out there running around a hundred yards, just up and down and up and down. Yeah. You 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 tell me soccer ain't shit. Um, you go do that. My fat ass ain't gonna be able to do that, <laughs> you know. And that's kind of know. where it comes back to basketball. I mean, you got. I mean, it's up and down the court and nonstop, and, and that shit is brutal on your body. And, you know, back in the days of two days of football and all this different stuff. Yeah, you know, whatever. But I, I would see the basketball team in there working and I'm like, holy shit. Are you kidding, kidding me? Up. That's
0: crazy. That's oh. crazy. Yeah, sometimes there ain't no smile in that basketball practice. You no. want that. And yes, there are coaches that have more fun practices than others. But yeah, man, every practice when you're playing high level sports is hard because in order to be good you got to go through some stuff. You got to push yourself to the limit. That's what it's all about. And you know, you make some great points there Ronnie because for this Texas team, I think that I think that they let up against Oklahoma in a way. Going back and just watching highlights of that game again, And just seeing, you know, this goes with the coaching staff, too. They just took that team lightly to me. And there's no excuse for that in that game with where you are. There's no excuse for that. And did, you know, Brent Venables and Dylan Gabriel catch them off guard? Yes, they caught me off guard. They did. Like, I was like, man, these guys are some dudes. So that's where that anger and just that pissed offness should come from. And Houston... They shouldn't be able to touch you. Like, yes, they got a couple of good guys. I think Donovan Smith is playing some of the best football that he's ever played in his life. Mm-hmm. One of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12 right now compared to others. Like, you've got a lot of guys mm-hmm. hurt and a lot of backups right now in the Big 12. Donovan Smith's leading the league in completions. Like, don't tell me that dude ain't out there balling and doing mm-hmm. everything for those Cougars. So, yeah, he's going to be the one that's driving the bus on Saturday, and you got to slow him down. You know, you can't look at him as, oh, he ain't as good as Dylan Gabriel, you know, we'll be fine and this and that. Because this Texas defense, they're not they're not really taking advantage of turnovers like I thought they would this season. And we talked about those edge rushers. And kind of, you know, what we expect from them, but they've been really quiet as of late. Like you haven't heard Sor- uh Sorrell's name called very often lately. You haven't heard Ethan Burke's name called very often lately. So it's like, you know, and again dylan gabriel was getting that ball out of his hands so fast that javondre sweat byron murphy even the interior line those guys weren't able to get to him but still like that's how you get those interceptions and stuff with the pressure that you provide making the quarterback a little antsy making them get out of his comfort zone and get out of his mechanics and stuff things that he was taught when he first learned the game and you want them to play a little just out of control but if they're in control if they're able to drop back and and all of, well, got all of, excuse me, majority of U of H's yards down the field come from short uh, short yardage throws, the Dinkin' and Duncan, You know, they want to have those long 10, 12-play drives where they're just slowly, methodically moving up the field. And Donovan Smith is hitting guys on quick out routes, on quick hitch routes, and quick slants and stuff. So the, the defensive line for Texas won't even be a factor So those secondary players who listen in to Sark, a lot of these guys are going to be game time decisions. Guys that have been on injured reserve lately, or just been injured lately. And Jalen Catalan and Ryan Watts are two of them, two guys that have a lot of experience and definitely when they're on the field, make the secondary a lot better. So now you're not as deep as you once were. You can't allow Houston to take advantage of that. Like that can't be a thing. And, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see this team get back on the field and show that that, that maturity is there. That leadership is there. Like Jade Barron, all these guys, Jalen Ford, I know he wants to have a bounce back game from, in my opinion, the, probably the worst game he's ever played as a Longhorn, which that's horrible timing, Double R, because yeah. this is the Red River shootout. Like you have the worst game of your career that ain't good, which he probably yeah. had some games as a freshman where he wasn't the best just because he didn't have the experience. But Jalen Ford being at this level, first team all Big 12, that Red River shootout game was the worst game that 41 has ever played. And I can't put all the blame on him. The dude played every single snap. Can't put it yeah. all on him. That's That can't happen. We can't have that happen continuously. Like I get it. You trust him, Sark, Pete Wachowski. You trust that guy. But you got to trust David Bender, too. you got to trust yeah. Anthony Hill, too. And we also talked about Chip and I, Rodney, a couple of days ago. Leona Lafau, he might get yeah. some rep now. The linebacker out of Hawaii. So yep. is he ready? Let's see what this guy's got. Because this is the perfect time to throw guys into the fire that haven't had as much clock. You know, I heard... Uh, start answer a question about Jontae Cook getting more playing time. And he talked about it in the Oklahoma game about Jontae wishing that he would have got him more out there. Well, Houston is the perfect team to let some of these guys that haven't had as many reps get some playing time so they can get their feet wet against the team that shouldn't even be in the same ballpark as texas so i'm gonna look to see that on saturday like i want to see those young guys get in there and some of those older guys like it's still a long season you still got a lot of games to play so you know the players that are beat up right now jake majors he ain't gonna play i know that sark talked about him practicing today i if jake majors plays then sark we have a serious issue because that ain't mm-hmm. no way with what we saw and what we've heard that dude should be playing. Plus, you should be able to trust your offensive line a little bit more. I'm good with Connor um, Robinson jumping into the fold right now opposed to just getting thrown into the fire at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He's had a couple of weeks to get more acclimated, run with the ones. And I think that's gonna be beneficial for the red shirt freshman. But JT Sanders, where is he gonna be health wise? I mentioned Ryan Watts and Jalen Catalan. And then you got Cole Hudson, who beginning of the week on Monday, Sark talked about him slowly coming along. Like, you know, him just yeah. you know, slowly coming along, but they still expect him to play. So, a lot of things going into this Houston game, but they shouldn't be able to compete with you. This should be a blowout. And yeah. you talked about it. You got to make it look pretty, too. It has to look good to the yeah. committee. This has to be uh, the the spread is right now minus 23 and a half. Okay, I'm good with that. Let's cover it. If you're Texas, let's cover and then some, Because we're trying to put 50 points on the board or damn near, kind of like what you did to Kansas. And if they could do that, then that's a good start to the rest of these six games and what you could do so the committee could see you at the end of the season and be like, okay, Texas, they might deserve to be in the CFP. They might be that for real.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. style points, super important. And this really is. I mean, this – this is the opportunity. This is where you're talking about guys like, uh, you know, all of those guys that are dinged up right now. You should not need them. And this does, this really does afford you the opportunity. I mean, you should get, I'm not sure about a three touchdown. I mean, I've kind of got this thing down to, to to maybe, I was telling Wags today, you know, maybe 13, 12, 13 points, whatever, because this is going to be a very fired up uh, uh, Houston team. And and I was talking about that this morning because I know the conversation on, on the morning show this morning was, this is a really big game for Houston. I mean, because, and you know this, you know this as well as anybody, where you're going to have all of these recruits that are coming in. It's a very small amount of people that get to go to Texas, Oklahoma, USC, I mean, whatever the case is. I mean, if if you get these recruits in there that that come in and Houston can dazzle them now being a part of the Big 12. And, and, and I said it this morning. They should have wore those damn Houston Oilers uniforms this week. Oh, they, no.
0: Because they would look
1: good. They would look good. I mean, maybe that's something that, that, that you could have done right there because you're trying to impress people. And I, I think um, this is big for Houston. But if it's Texas, you just go take care of business. I love this comment. Do I need help carrying my backpack? <laughs> this is obviously someone that that has seen me at a race because I man, I go roll up there. I'm carrying all these backpacks and shit. You you would think that I go up in there to a to a race and I'm like you know work for Fox or something. I've got all this shit you know trying to look legit. But yeah. um you know back back to this right here. I, I mean this really is this really is a just just go take care of business. I, I mean um. You, you know, and, and like we were talking about on Chaos Theory the last couple of days, you know, you know what Houston's going to do. They're going to go back and watch that OU film, and you know that they're going to come out, they're going to be high tempo because that put that Texas defense back on its heels, and they're, they're, they're going to try to exploit that. And And I think that's where, you know, the Texas, you know, Pete Krakowski, I mean, these guys need to come out. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. I mean, so... Just be prepared for that, and just assert yourself and and don't don't come out stumbling out of the blocks. I mean, it's like I I want a strong start, man. I want a strong start. That's what I hope I see in the first quarter, not the first half in the first quarter. Come out, be aggressive on both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I don't want to see no shootout. I mean, say what no, you want about Houston, even though they've struggled in their fair amount of games this season, they're fifty-third in the nation when it comes to success rate through the air. So they're passing at a very high rate. And Donovan Smith and Houston, they're twenty second in the nation and passing the temps. So mm-hmm. their run offense, it ain't there. If it is there, it's Donovan Smith who has over 20 carries opposed to their starting running back, Jenkins. So it's Donovan Smith and then the rest of the crew. Like it's Donovan Smith and the Houston Cougars. That's the way they use it. Yeah. That's how you yeah. got to look at them like that because that dude, he's what makes them go. And going back to just talking about turnovers, which Texas is 51st right now, tied with a few teams. Oklahoma's number one for enforcing turnovers, they're number one. And Sark talked about it today, and, you know, he talked about just each situation's different, and he went through all these examples and stuff. It was a lot of George Costanza, yada, yada, yada. And, like, I I was just like, okay, dude, like, I get what you're saying. Those points are very valid. Just do it. Just just make it happen. Like, when you get to the quarterback, strip sack fumble. Like, that should – like, can we watch some Khalil Mack tape? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many guys that you can watch. Ethan Burke talked about his guys, Max Crosby. That dude's one of the most fierce animals in the National Football League playing for the Vegas Raiders. Like, he's all tatted up and stuff. People might get up confused for somebody of white trash. I just think he's thugging. That's just how yep. he is. Like, he brings that bad boy, you know, kind of just like an undertaker, you know, mystique yep. that that dude has. So, Max Crosby. It's nasty. Yeah, nasty. I mean, just yeah. nasty. Like I mean, you saw how he did Patrick Mahomes, like he was pushing them after the play yeah. and stuff. You need that. Yeah. Be you pissed need off. That. Pissed I mean, off. It's like okay uh, to, Yeah. It's right. okay to be pissed off.
1: I mean, I, I know that the game has changed to where you know you you know hitting and everything has changed. But I mean, just be pissed. Let, let's go to early in the week. Let's go to early in the week where Sark
2: talked about how
1: you can be better, how they can be better. On defense.
2: I think defensively, you know, we, we've played really good football on the defensive side of the ball, um, but naturally, as I as I look at our, uh, ourselves defensively, an area where I know we can improve is. We've got to take the ball off of people more, and we've got to attempt to take the ball off of people more. You know, we, um, we've created some interceptions, but we really haven't knocked the ball off of people and created turnovers. And I know we're more than capable of doing it, but sometimes it's like anything. Things can get lost throughout the season, and we're trying to defend the run and defend the pass and all the different things. But we have got to continually, as a staff, emphasize getting the ball off of our opponents um, so that that for sure is something there. Uh, I love the fact that we're we're attacking the kicking game the way that we are uh, on special teams, and you know we we blocked the punt last week. I really think we should have blocked the second one. We just kind of slipped, and our angle got off. We've been really close on the field goal game of blocking kicks there. So um, I, I like that, but man, I think we can be even more effective on special teams, and so. That's like anything, we're constantly trying to push our guys, but to push our players, we have to push our staff, right? Our staff's got to keep working towards those things as well. So all in all, um, I'm pleased uh, with where we're at at this point um, in all three phases, but also know we can be better. And and that's our job then to motivate the guys to continue to improve now in the second half of the season.
0: <laughs> you yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, he knows. He knows they need to do it. It's just applying that. Like why is it getting lost? That's yeah. that's what that's what sticks out to me. He says sometime throughout the season things could get lost. Why? You're getting paid way too much money. Your coaching staff, everybody making six figures are over, You're getting paid way too much money for those things to get lost, which I don't know about you, Rodney, but I've been watching football for a long time. Forcing turnovers is kind of important. That's what I've seen. Just, you know, my 32 years of living and probably watching football for 27 of them, usually when the team that forces more turnovers usually ends up winning. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Like, it's not really rocket science or anything. So when he says it gets lost, that should never happen. Like, you should be coming to the sideline like, hey, number so-and-so, he's holding that thing a little loose. If he does that in your vicinity, make him pay. Like, those things mm-hmm. should be talked about. You know, and I get it. There's just so many things to focus on. Like, I don't want to be arrogant in that thinking. Again, I've never been a college football coach. Hell, I never been. closest thing I've been to a football coach is when I coached the flag football team that was 10U. That's about it. And we won every game, though, Rodney. We won every game, though, your boy. We were we had four plays. It was like it was thinner than Denzel Washington's playbook. And remember the Titans? You remember that green little thin playbook? Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. assistant coach tried to clown them on. It was thinner than that, but hey, it was effective. And I let the guys know, hey, y'all ain't throw, y'all ain't run this right. Hey, little center that you want to play running back, well, you better know what the running back does. Like I was letting them know everything, and that was very minor because it's ten u flag football. This is big time power five college football, but this is Texas, so there's a standard that you're held to. And again, in a way, we're nitpicking because this team is five and one. Like you said earlier, they have everything in front of you, but you nitpick championship quality teams because, in order to get to where you want to be, which everybody wants to get to that high that they had back in 05 when VY was taking the snaps, you got to do little things and make them big things. And Peanut Tillman, Derek Johnson, like, why? Wow all the linebackers should be watching DJ film. Like that dude was the best at punching that ball out, stripping it. Yeah. You know, you better be careful. And I get on the other side, these coaches are letting those ball carriers know, Hey, be careful. Make sure you hold that thing tight. Like you don't want one of those program situations where Omar Epps had to carry the ball all through campus and stuff. And you had guys hitting in class and they were jumping on it. Like, no, you don't want that as a player, but this defense if they could force more turnovers and let this offense have more opportunities to score, then they're going to be gravy, man. But we, we saw that at the beginning of the year, and that's quiet down a lot lately, and they need to rev that back up. Well, and that's you know we
1: we have the conversation, and I'm glad you're mentioning those dudes right there, because we have I've for years, and I'm and I'm kind of tired of hearing it, where you know we, we talk about playing up to expectations versus playing up to standards, and man, the stand I, I would get killed any time that I got to get on the air at the other place, I would talk about you know playing up to standards, and I'm like man, those standards are passed. I mean, those standards were a long fucking time ago. Um, we're, we're at a place right now, and, and, and with this team, it's at expectations. What you expect out of this coaching staff, what you expect out of this group in, in three phases of the game. You, you know, uh, I've heard, you know, folks talking about, well, you know, sometimes special teams suck. I don't give a damn. That, that, that should be pretty <laughs> seamless at this point. I mean, you, you practice that shit all week. I mean, you you are always in different scenarios. I mean, whether it be two minute drills. I mean, you name it. You name it. That, I, I don't know. I haven't been to practice. They, Chip Brown may be able to tell Brown Chip if they actually practice that because he gets to go there. But you 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 need to be in a spot right now to where when when you and I'm hoping. I'm really hoping when when Sark is talking about this team being being pissed or whatever he said, that 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 they're in a spot where they, they just want to roll through the rest of the season. Because that's, I mean, that, that's what needs to happen. There's not anything in front of them that, that, that should, that there are going to be games they're going to, you know we talk about trap games and all that you know when folks were talking about OU was that a trap game shit no that wasn't a trap game are you kidding me that that's your biggest rivalry that team is a hell of a lot better than anyone gave them credit for yes. we talked here on Texas Sports Unfiltered we previewed that son of a bitch for a week and a half and <laughs> it was better than what people were giving them credit for we knew that and and it showed you 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 just got beat so i mean if anything that should chap your ass come on out you got a point to prove i mean you got a point in my opinion and i think the mindset is right but i guess we'll see as soon as that game starts at three o'clock
0: on on saturday yeah i i'd be okay if there were some almost fights this week at practice or last week at practice you know i'm not saying i'm not saying you want a draymond green jordan pool two piece and a biscuit situation no we don't want that that's too excessive but if you could get one of those hey man this is your this is your job you're not doing your job type of moments and the other person stepping back hey don't worry about me do your damn job like and then they get in somebody's face and we have to break them up like i need that i need holding guys accountable you know not just from the coaches but from the players too like and that's just the built-up anger that you're talking about when you see danny stutzman and brent venables laughing and trying to make money off of your expense with the NIL shirts oh Oklahoma fears God Texas fears Oklahoma all that bullshit yes I am living I'm living now and I really don't have a dog in the fight I want to be as objective as possible but I do love this city I do love the university but I ain't playing and that pisses me off that grinds my gears that boils my skin because I'm like yo these dudes they cocky with it they, they think they're better than you, straight up. They think they're better than you. They probably feel, I saw Brent Venables in the presser this week. He's smiling, laughing, everything good, because they know they have a cake schedule. So if they went out, they're in the CFP. They in your spot. Winning in another Big 12 to, what, the three that you got? Come on, man. Ain't no way you're going to let that slide. So... Yeah, players holding each other accountable. Shout out to uh, Rue's uh, goofy coming yeah. growing. Yeah, shout out to our guy there. Got to hold these guys accountable, man. And if they do that, then, again, we shouldn't have any problems with this team on Saturday.
1: Exactly. You, you know, we, we, we can sit here and break this thing down and talk about talk about the things that Houston does well. But when it comes down to the bottom line, I mean, it's just talk, talking about playing to expectations. We 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 shouldn't you shouldn't be overly concerned about this. I mean, because and that's not to sound like an asshole or an overzealous Texas Longhorn you know fan enthusiast, whatever. You should not be concerned about this. You know, I've said it at nauseum, Zay, on on our show on the Chaos Theory. Is where we keep talking about Wyoming. You know, Wyoming. Well, they struggle with Wyoming. Well, that fucking team was pretty good. Yeah, uh, is good. I mean, yeah. is good. I mean, it's one of those. So, so, let's get one more cut. One more cut, and we'll, we'll be done with all that shit. No, hey, okay. hey, keep we keep playing cuts, man. I'm good. I appreciate you getting those for us. No, man. So, so, so here's Sark earlier in the in the week talking about playing with an edge, which they should. You should come in. You got a chip on them shoulders right there. Here, Here's Sark talking about playing with an edge right now coming off of the bye
2: week. Our best, you know, and I, I said this coming in the season, when we do play with an edge, you know, when we when we do – play with a chip on our shoulder when we do when we play like we've you know we've got something to prove and i I think it goes without saying we've got something to prove uh in the second half of the season um and we know they're all going to be very challenging games like i said and it starts this saturday at houston they're going to be excited for the ball game uh that was a big win for them and like i said i think they've improved each game as, as they move forward so we got to make sure that we get our our mental intensity right and that starts in practice that starts in our meetings uh, that were really dialed into the details of the plan of, of which we're doing so that we can on Saturday at 3 o'clock, go cut it loose and, and play our, our style, our, our brand of football, which is loose, uh, which is confident. Um, but you can get you get that way because of your preparation. And um, we, we got to make sure that we have that edge starting this morning and then carry it on throughout the week so that we can perform that way on Saturday.
1: Yeah. There you go. I mean, yeah. is, is that the style? I mean, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out at 3 o'clock. I mean, I hope that's the style. Yeah. I mean, I really hope so.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm more worried about the defense in this game than the offense. I think not having or potentially not having Ryan Watts and Jalen Catalan could be a little bit of an issue just because Houston – their main focus is their offense their defense is atrocious they're last in so many different categories the only big time player they have is caesar which he'll get drafted the edge rusher but they're secondary for u of h they're in the 90s and multiple stats when it comes to their passing defense and then the hundreds and others so they they have a hard time uh, stopping the run too so the offense even though they've had their red zone difficulties and obviously we'll be paying very close attention to that when the horns do get, you know, inside the 20, but I'm not too worried about them. I am worried about the defense a little bit more specifically the secondary with those guys, Mm -hmm. two guys that I just named that might be out because those wide receivers for Houston, they ain't no scrubs. You know what I'm saying? When TLC made that track, T-Boss, and left eye, they weren't talking about them. (laughs) Them, no scrubs, man. Like those dudes, Matthew Golden, tough. Man come. Jack, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Man Jack. Man Jack's big. That dude's I'm borderline, like, tied in. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I think he's bigger than 202. That's where he's listed at, 6'3", 202. Mm-hmm. That dude, I, I say dude's about 215 or so, you know, playing majority of the slant. And then you got Samuel Brown and, you know, Stefan Johnson, who caught the hell Mary. So those dudes, especially with the way they play, you know, Donovan Smith having to worry about his legs, the defensive line the linebackers they cannot have those gaps open to where he could scramble in because those instincts are going to come into play like donovan smith even though he's listed at 240 you have jalen ford and some of those defensive players talk about earlier this week homeboy might be 250 like yeah. damn two fifty at quarterback, yeah. it's like LeBron playing quarterback. That's insane. So yeah. he's a tough dude to get down. And we obviously saw that in twenty twenty two when he was at Texas Tech and he got six out of eight fourth down uh, conversions, majority of them with his legs in that big time like fourth and eighteen or you know, fourth in the teens and stuff. Like Donovan Smith, he's gonna come in very confident and you can't give this team any type of life, like zero. Mm-hmm. You know, and hopefully the two weeks that they've had to regroup and get healthy, hopefully we see that uh, on Saturday. But yeah, I'm with you. Like this team, they shouldn't even be a factor. And hopefully we see a very non stressful game from the Texas Longhorns and they can handle Houston, get out of the H and move on to the next. Yeah, Donovan.
1: Donovan Smith. His weight on the roster is like me at the doctor's office. It's like, what do you weigh? And I'm like twenty pounds under. You know, when I when I see that, I'm like, that that's some just no don't that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the, there ain't no way that's right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I would love your thoughts on this day because I, I talk about this all the time. To where on the offensive side, I mean, obviously we know that 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 Sark comes out and and he's going to sling the ball around. I, I mean, first down. I mean, count on it. Count on it. Like you know, the sun's going to come up. I mean, first down, probably going to be some kind of swing pass or some hitch or, or a screen or some shit out to the outside to to Worthy or somebody. Man, w- wouldn't it just be, especially right now that you got Jonathan Brooks sitting in that backfield right now, that you just come out and you, you go old school, man, just jam this shit down their throat, establish the run, and then, I mean, that stuff is going to open up for you anyway. I mean, with everything that you have out there, and I I think it it matters not in this game, you know, whether, I mean, JT Sanders obviously is going to be um, a factor if he's in there. I don't think he should have been in the Oklahoma game. I think that kind of deterred some of the, I think we had that discussion, but I mean, come on, come on out on the offense, just establish a run game. Just, just, it it ain't gotta be pretty. Just come on out and and establish Win the line of scrimmage, which you're going to win anyway, and, and, and just pound, pound this thing. Pound this thing and and and,
0: and make it easy. Yeah, that's what Chip said yesterday. I mean, this defense for U of H, they shouldn't be able to stop Texas on the ground, especially with the way Jonathan Brooks is running. And I heard Mike Hartz talking about it. Like, Johnden Brooks, this is dope Walker Award time. Like, these are the mm-hmm. games where you win that award. If you can get around 198 rushing or maybe in the 200s, like, those eyes are going to be on you when the season's over with and maybe get yourself Three touchdowns. He definitely has to prove in the goal line, you know, just like the whole Texas roster and their goal line, just efficiency. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. Let's run the ball early. Like, you got to go Owen Wilson. Why? Why are they throwing it? Like, why, you know, I, I get you have your script. And Chip and I talked to legendary offensive lineman Longhorn Dan Neal earlier this week, two time Super Bowl champion, about the script. That these coaches try to master every week before the snap, and then uh, the other coach throws no adjustment, yeah, a week different. And you're like, oh, damn, do we just keep going with the script? And Dan said that Bill Belichick did that to him multiple times. I'm not surprised by that. I know people want Bill Belichick fired in Foxborough right now. But, you know, say what you want about Tom Brady. Yes, he held. Bill Belichick is still coach and still definitely knows defense. So that's what all of these coaches are going to do from here on out. They're going to look at that mm-hmm. Oklahoma game. And even though they might not have the personnel themselves on that it's roster, their the prototype is there. That. Yeah, they're going to try to apply that to their game plan as much as they can to just see what Texas does wrong and if Texas can overcome that. Like that's what good coaching is. You mm-hmm. got to be able to adjust and sometimes go against the grain of what you want to do in order to win and what you have to do. That's a big difference between what yeah. and have to do. And Sark, I think sometimes in his young tenure here at Texas, now in year three, he gets caught up with that. He gets caught up with, this is what I want to do, which like you said, throw the ball, instead of what the defense has given me and what we have to do. And yeah, he's done a lot better with that this year. I think you yeah. can attribute that to the second half You know, changes that we've seen in year three opposed to year two and one, because, you know, year one and two, those, second half woes oh my gosh you know oh, you know 15 points or so double digits putting up 30 and then they'll put up like six or three in the second half and that just those things can't happen so the adjustments they've been a lot better this season and we saw that with Quinn Ewers against Oklahoma breaking the com- uh, completion record after he had those two interceptions so I I This team just has so much talent, man, and you don't want to see it wasted, especially this last year in the Big 12 because so many of those guys that are on this current 2023 team, they're going to be gone next year. So this opportunity, I I don't think you're going to have as good as a team this season, or excuse me, next season as you are this season. So make that count, man. Make that count.
1: And and Zay, there's there's a dude playing for Atlanta right now. For for the Atlanta Falcons, and I, I think we wasted some 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 effort right there with with you know um, not utilizing him. And, and here, Sam, I mean, this is a great point. If these Texas players don't have a chip on their shoulders, they're, they're not what I think. Uh, we'll see how mad they are coming in this weekend. That's the bottom line right there. I, yeah. I mean you you're, you're being doubted. You're being doubted. And I mean, if I'm the if I'm the coaching staff, both sides of the ball. I mean, even the special teams people. I'm telling people this it's like you're you're reverting back we have reverted ourselves back even though the the one thing that I that I've really liked about this team I mean a lot of things I've liked about this team say but this year I mean the second half you were talking right there about being a second half team I mean, go back and look at the OU loss. This was a second half team. They pulled themselves back into this. Yeah. You know, with, with all the interceptions and 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 missteps and everything that happened in the first half of the OU game, in the in the recent past, they they they'd a it had shriveled right in and it had been done. But these guys these guys found a way to battle back, and you know that that's something that 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 you look at right there and um I just I do want to ask you about Donovan Smith I mean that that really does seem to be kind of the cog in the wheel right here that's going to really um dictate what what Houston does on the offensive side you know with the defense mm-hmm. Texas should be able to 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 handle their business here but um donovan smith man it's uh, the 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 dude is really good and and he may kind of float under the radar a little bit you know being there in Houston. But man, I think that uh, it's going to be super important to contain this dude because um, when he gets the wheels going, and then like we were talking about, man, he's got people on the outside. He can zip this football around, and they they get this old they get this old run and shoot shit going,
0: and um, and and, and you're in trouble, and you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. They want to keep Texas offense off the field as much as possible. So those short yardage throws that Donovan Smith is best at, they're going to look at that, and we saw especially on the last possession for Texas, these cornerbacks, they're playing off a lot. Mm-hmm. I get it. We're in the age to where nobody wants to get beat by the deep play. You see in the NFL, the scoring has really dropped because everybody is playing those safeties so far back. Everybody's playing so uh, uh, these wide receivers so far off because there's guys like Tyreek Hill out there who are still going crazy. But... They're playing so far off, but then they're trying to... Once they get into the red zone, that's when they tightened up. Because the mm-hmm. red zone scoring is just so difficult. And they're saying, mm-hmm. okay, we're good with threes instead of you putting up six. You know, we'll deal with, you know, you dinking and dunking up the field for a while. But once you get into the red zone, you got Patrick Mahomes out here struggling. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that, it's, it's tough out here, especially with the way these defenses are playing and stuff. So, I... I want to see those cornerbacks, Malik Muhammad, Terrence Brooks, Gavin Holmes. You know, if Ryan Watts is healthy, throw him in there too. But if he's not, please don't play him with no hamstring problem. That's the last thing we need. I, yo, hamstrings, those things can linger and linger and yep. linger. Those, that's the last thing we need up in this piece. So if he needs to st- stay out, I'm good with that. But yep. Let's, yep. let's play a little tighter. Like Trust your work trust everything that you've you know practiced that every you know your technique and just your mechanics and turning your hips and stuff like trust those things that you've been learning here because just playing that very passive defense i can't stand that stuff like i really can't especially against houston you know, I, I understand that we talked about those wide receivers and stuff, but man, you should be able to, knowing what they like to do, knowing they like the short game, you shouldn't make it easy for them. Play a little yeah. tighter, try to jump some routes. Hell, if you get beat one time where it's a, you try to jump something and you overcome and it ends up turning into a 50, 15 yard game, that's fine. Don't let it happen. Continuously, you don't right. want to have to be consistent, obviously. But I, I want some chances taken in this game because Me we too. already talked about the turnovers and the lack thereof. Take some chances this game. Peanut Tillman, like go for those DJ Johnson punch outs. Like this defense needs to take some chances this game and against this opponent and the Houston Cougars. I think it's healthy to do that so you can yep. get used to it. To when the time comes and you need it in a big game or need a big play, you're used to it because you've done it before. We haven't seen yeah. that these you know first six games of the season. I want to see that more in the next six games. And if we do, then this Texas team, they, they still haven't reached their like highest point like the highest part of the pedestal. like They haven't reached that yet, and that's very exciting. Like Going back to the Oklahoma game, Rodney, you have nine penalties. You have Jaron Thompson absolutely smoking the interception that was in his hands in the end zone that would have changed the game, and he had that dirty uh, late hit on Dylan Gabriel. You have three turnovers by your quarterback. Um, You have that horrible goal line stop where you get stopped four times at the one-yard line and you lose by four. There ain't no moral victories in this thing. Ain't no way I'm going to talk about any type of moral victories for the University of Texas. But I do see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I try to be as objective as possible. You only lose by four with all that crap that went wrong in that game. That should show you that you're a pretty good ball club if you don't beat yourself and you have everything in front of you. Isn't that the whole thing right there where where
1: so many people are, they're, they're going back to that, to, to that, you know, four down territory down there and failing, you know, on the goal line failure. And it's like, Oh, you know, that was the turning point of the game. No, the turning point of the game was you dug yourself in a hole to get started. I mean, that's, that's usually when you watch these games, these high intensity games right there, like, like that, when you turn the ball over, when you give them the opponent opportunities to capitalize on your mistakes That's when you lose it. In games like that, in the Oklahoma game, you don't lose it in the fourth quarter. Like I was talking about right there, you did a hell of a job to get your ass back in the game. (laughs) <laughs> um, because you know it was it, it it was going to be a struggle, and they did. They dug themselves back into this. But again, Texas. Also, I, I love what you said right there, Zay, about because you are starting to watch us, and, and that's what's so weird nowadays. Is is with with you know zone reads and these these high in intensity and speed offenses. Man, I love the fact that you're starting not you know not not my teams, not the teams that I uh, you know choose to 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 be a fan of. But man, I love red zone struggles. To me, that's like okay. That that that's kind of bringing football back a little bit. And this is where I go back to, you know, get under center, man. Uh, you know, let us try all that. Get a fullback in there. Dude. And Texas has struggled a little bit in the red zone. And and there was some some sarc sound on on how to work on the,
2: the some of the red zone struggles. First aspect of it is, you know, we've already watched every series and every snap we've had all year in the red zone. Uh, we watched it in sequence of act, how it actually has occurred in game we watched it by concept the different concepts that we're running uh and then ultimately it's okay what are we doing to make sure that we're putting our players in the best position to be successful um sometimes a a, a new style of scheme is in their best interest predicated on what we're getting sometimes it's Doing what they know really well, so that they have answers to the whatever look they could get from a defensive perspective. So there's a lot of levels to that. Then it's looking at the play caller and the sequencing of how I'm calling those plays. Uh, but we're drilling point. down on it to every level. This what the bye week is is really good for. You have more time to do that type of stuff. Um, and I'm, I feel very comfortable in the fact that we'll have a, we'll have a good plan in the second half of the season for the players. Um, because like I just told the staff. We're moving the ball too well offensively right now not to have more points on the board. And so we need, to be, we need to be more effective in the red. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: Area for sure. Yeah. Sounds good to me. He knows.
2: uh,
0: He needs to take ownership. He does. I mean, I get it. Those guys are playing out there, but Sark, you're known for your play calling. That's why you were brought here to the University of Texas, because your play calling is different than others around the nation. So in the red zone, you got to make it count like you cannot be third to last. In red zone points in the Big 12. That cannot happen if you want to win a Big 12 championship, let alone a national championship. So, yeah, shout out to Daryl G, man. Texas beat themselves against OU. If Texas finishes how they should, the big fail championship or that Big 12 championship, I'm sure that's what he meant, won't be the same. Dylan Gabriel was free to throw and run wherever he wanted. And Sam also said they should have blitzed Dylan Gabriel on that last possession where the Oklahoma Sooners went 75 plays and, or excuse me, 75 yards and five plays, and Terrence Brooks also had that pass interference call. It was due to not doing that, was due to Dylan Gabriel getting loose and running in those gaps and being afraid if you bring too many guys that he'll find, you know, those gaps again, or he'll just throw it out of there. Like then Gabriel did do whatever he wanted. It was too easy for him. It was really too easy. And that guy, he is good. He's good, but like we said earlier, Roddy, the defensive line, I need more for them. Batted balls, you know, any type of way to affect the game, they didn't do that like we thought they could have against OU, and they haven't necessarily done that like we've wanted them to the last half of the season. So Texas defense— they could get on that, then that's exactly what Horns fans want to see. But let's get to some of our sponsors first. Oh, it's big time, just sports time of the year. We got NHL about to crack, NBA's about to get going. We're almost to the World Series. Basketball's Ooh. about Start And you need your TV and audio system with AV consultations, audio-visual consultations, the home setup that does it the right way. Tom McKay has been a big part of our family here at Texas Sports Unfiltered, and Tom's just a great guy. And his work is the best. Like, if you go to Pluckers and just see multiple restaurants around Austin and great TV setups, then you could probably thank Tom for that he will hook you up or if you know somebody he will hook them up Christmas is almost around and the best part about Tom usually you have to go out and get your own TV nah they got the TVs for you and they'll bring them whatever you want 80 you want that 75 you want that 55 you want multiple 2 4 in the same setting you want the cords out the way you got a gaming system it don't matter Tom McKay and AV consultations will hook you up Give them a call at 512-255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. And, Ronnie, can you tell the folks about Covert BK? Oh, man, let's talk about
1: those great folks. Uh, That that covert family, you know, serving Central Texans since 1909. And, And I know a lot of folks that, you know, uh, you know, it may be, it may be a granddad or something bought his first vehicle, you know, from the covert family, you know, way back at whatever, whatever time it was. And, you know, his son or his daughter has bought now their grandkids are doing it. And I mean, that's, that's what the Covert family's been doing here in the uh, Austin and Central Texas area, just serving uh, the, the great folks around here. Covert B Cave, of course, they are a huge supporter of Texas Sports Unfiltered. You'll catch your pregame show out there coming up on Saturday as uh, Texas gets set to take on Houston. So that's going to be right there at Covert B Cave. It's 42 acres nestled in the beautiful hill country of B Cave, Texas. Three state-of-the-art dealerships out there, seven different brands of those uh, different vehicles, new and pre-owned, the Buicks, the GMCs, Cadillacs, Chryslers, Dodge, Jeeps, and Rams. Uh, if you're looking for the Fords and the Chevrolets, come out my way down 79 out in Hutto and the Fords and, and Lincoln's over in, in Austin. And uh, they service every make and model. Um, 86 service bays out there at uh, Cobert BK. So you're not going to be stuck at the dealership all damn day long. And if you're going to, you, you go to Quick Lube to get an oil. I'm um, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have called them out. You go to one of them quick places to get it to get it done. And it's like, yeah, we'll change your oil in 30 minutes. Four hours later, you're still there waiting and they're trying to upsell you. <laughs> you you go to Covert B-Cave, they're going to take care of you. CovertBCave.com. Check out those uh, weekly specials right there. You know, they're, they're not waiting on, you know, Columbus Day or Flag Day or any of these random holidays, man. They are weekly specials right there. CovertBCave.com. Go check those folks out and uh, see my man Dan Covert and all the great staff right there. And they will hook you up. The Covert family, nobody beats a Covert deal, not now and not ever. Zay. Man, there, 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 really is just so much going on right now. Like you were talking about right there with AV consultations. I mean, between NFL, like you, like you were saying with with basketball, and I don't know what what direction you want to go here, but
0: man, I, I did want to ask you some basketball stuff. Yeah, let's go, man. It's that time. I can't believe the NBA starting next week. We have the Orange and White game at Gregory on Tuesday, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's here, man. It came up on us quick, dude.
1: I, I, I really want to know. I, I really want to know. I mean, because we see, we see a lot of the, and again, I, I'm a, I'm a tried and true Spurs supporter, you know, for a lot of years I have been and man, I, I I've been waiting for the opportunity to ask you, I, I want your thoughts and, and you feel free to take as much time as you want, dude, with, with, with Wimby. um, I watched him. I watched him last night. I watched him last night. I watched him. I think it was last Friday night. Um, is I mean, there's never there's never a 100% chance that somebody's going to be a superstar, but damn, if this dude's going to be a forward, I'm assuming Pop's going to play him at forward. I mean, but I mean, he looks like a center. I mean, I don't know. Is this dude going to live up to all of this, man? Because I, I don't see how he's going to fail, man.
0: This dude really seems like the real deal to me. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Like, I know you saw the video I put up yesterday between the guy's legs that Rodney been watching hoops a long time. I was, my name's Isaiah Jordan Collier. I was named after Isaiah Zeke, bad boy Thomas and Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I've never seen anything like him before any, or anything close to him before you got to think about all those guys that are around his height that have been in the NBA the Ralph Sampson's round seven, four Christoph Porzingis, who I think is going to have a really good year in Boston this season. The Sean Bradley's, you know, all those guys. And he's, Ralph Sampson, I think, is probably the most skilled out of those three guys that I just named. I think Prazingis, if he didn't have all the injuries, we would see a different version of him than we do now. I know Mass fans hate to hear that and probably don't agree with that awful tenure that he had with Luka, but I I blame a lot of that on Jason Kidd. And plus, Luka, just his style of play, didn't really fit with what Prazingis is. But... Victor Wimbenyama, man, it's just. I don't think he has a weakness. I guess the only one would probably be strength. It's going to be interesting to see him go up against Nikola Jokic because Nikola Jokic has no weaknesses, the Joker. Like, that dude's offense, and his defense is underrated, too. That's. Like Joker's defense, he's really good at stripping the ball and being in the right place at the right time. He's not going to do any Dikembe Mutombo, no, no, no block type shit. But his basketball IQ allows him to be a solid defender and not really get abused. Even on pick and rolls, he's good. So if that matchup is going to be like, I'm definitely going to have to see the first Spurs-Nuggets game because I got to see him and like him against Giannis and just other guys Mm. that are around seven foot that are, you know, superstars in the association. And I think Victor Wimbenyama can be all that. I mean, for him to be a Spur... That couldn't be better because they're gonna put him in the best situation to be yeah, successful. Like, yeah. that's just the system. That's what they're all about. Like when Tony Parker got there, a lot of people were like, uh, go watch. If you go look at I saw Tony Parker's first three-point shot ever, like when they all got inducted to the Hall of Fame, the Spurs were putting out just a whole bunch of different videos, and so was the NBA. They showed his jump shot to where it was, and it looked like a high school kid at PE, like just throwing <laughs> the crap up there, like just a weird release. His stance was weird, and then you fast forward like eight years later or ten years later to where they were winning another their Tony's fourth championship with Kawhi and them, and this jumper is picture perfect, you yeah. know. And a lot of that goes to Tony Parker, and I'm sure he had a trainer and you know personal shooting coach and stuff, but. You can't knock what the San Antonio Spurs do when it comes to getting the most out of the players they draft and developing them. And Victor Wimbenyama, you can already tell. Like, yeah. that under the leg stuff, I ain't see that in Europe. I, I ain't see that in Europe's a different game. And, you know, in the NBA and, you know, America, obviously we like to showboat and stuff. Like, we love the flashy play. Like, that's why Michael Jordan... Was the most popular player to ever touch a basketball because he did that almost on every play, every time he touched the rock. But yeah, I I worry about Wimbenyama's health just because how can you not at that size? He's a big guy, yeah, yeah, just so big. But another thing, Rodney it's not like he's ever gonna come down on anybody's foot I mean he does jump like he gets up on this jump shot but he's not gonna need to it's not like he's gonna go no. for a rebound and come down on somebody he's already dunking by barely just taking a step like I think he <laughs> could dunk and not jump over a Sunday paper you know what I'm saying like yeah. he's that big like with a 9 eight wingspan or something or stretching whatever it's called like I He's impressive, man. His ball handling is just so crisp and his jump shot so pretty. And the fact that, you know, he has a lot of Kevin Durant in him, but he has Durant by at least five inches. And defensively, he could be defensive player of the year. Like, how are you going to score on him? You know, he'll get beat and he'll be like five steps away and you'll go up for your shot. And there he is contesting the ball right at he can the, run the He can run the court, yeah. Yeah, yeah he that's... runs like a deer. His athleticism is there. Health is the only thing that I worry about with him. How Will he be able to be okay for a full 82 and, yeah. you know, keep on, you know, just – staying healthy and staying consistent. That's what you're always going to look for, which he knows that if you go and watch his workouts and stuff and watch him train, he literally trains to focus on his feet and his legs because he knows being that tall, you Mm -hmm. know, he's very susceptible to those injuries. So I'm, I'm impressed already. It's only the season, but the things that he does on the court, just the effect that he has, On his teammates. Like, it's infectious, man. And he's a good person. Like, he's not an a hole or anything. Like, Luca's a good guy, but Luca has a little asshole to him. Luca, you can see it when Luca talks to the refs, and Luca will pound and throw his hands up. And I'm like, dude, not everybody's as good as you, man. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think you're gonna, you're not gonna see Victor Wimbanyama get many texts. You know, Luca's already always one of the leaders and technicals and stuff. I don't yeah, think he's going to be one of those guys and yeah, the Spurs they might, might they might have one that's better than David Robinson or Tim Duncan or which Jimmy crazy to say, but he has that in him. And, and and talking
1: about just kind of with the with the San Antonio thing right, right there to me, uh, you know, with with the system. I mean, you talked about that with him going in, right? And I mean, this dude on the boards—it's like hell. He ain't got to jump like you're talking about. And yeah. right? I mean, because that, because that is a concern, you know, the feet, the ankles, all that yeah. shit. You know, you know, with the big guys. But I mean, he he perfectly fits the mole. I, I mean, you think about David. You think about Tim. You think about Manu. I mean, even George Gervin. You know, but and Silas. I, I mean, you go back. Th- these these were just good and that that seems to be and you know greg popovich to me you know you take the political stuff out i know people get all bent out of shape hell he ain't even doing that anymore i mean he is he is honed back in on basketball you know he he resigns and and he's back in here do do you think i mean your opinions a are they i mean if you could get i mean if the spurs could get him you know i A veteran. Get him a veteran, you know, get him in there to help distribute the ball a little bit, because like you said, he's quick up and down the court. He's going to park himself down there in the paint. I mean, if you got a veteran ball distributor in here, I know the I know the bar is very low for San Antonio this year. Um, but, man, you think you get him a veteran in there. I mean, back when David came in, they, they went and got, you know, obviously Sean and those guys were all drafted at the same time, but they they brought Mo Cheeks and all those guys back in at that time. I mean, if you go get somebody like that, I mean, I, I think
0: that only helps his development. Yeah, I agree, you know, and that's another thing about Wimbenyama. People are going to want to play with him. How can you yep. not? How can you not want to play with somebody of that talent? You know, he's a game-changing superstar player. So, yeah, there's going to be those Damian Lillard situations where guys are going to be like, man, I want to play with him. And I mentioned mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic being a, one of the best players in the league. Joker wouldn't be the best player in the league if it wasn't for Jamal Murray's success and his growth and how good he is at the point guard position, you know? So I, I think... It's going to be somebody like Trey Young would be perfect for him. Mm-hmm. I hate saying that because that's a sooner, and I hate giving sooners any love. But I look at Trey Young's situation in Atlanta, and they got to the Eastern Conference finals a few years ago. But now DeJounte Murray's there, and that him and Trey, they're not good, they don't butt heads. They're cool with each other, but their games don't match for long-term success yes they'll be a playoff team and you know they'll be competitive but mm-hmm. those both of those guys like you saw DeJounte Murray which you know you talked about good guys on the team I know John, I know DeJounte Murray's a good guy but I don't think he's a Spurs guy you know, they, I've seen them in different interviews and stuff and seeing them talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, they, you you got a lot of Steven Jackson in you, bro, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're the Spurs, it that could be a little controversial and that could, you know, they could butt heads, those type of personalities and, you know, S.A. So I, yeah, I don't know who that guy would be right now, but you're going to see it you're going to see guys go in free agency and they're going to look at San Antonio as a very good market because I mean, when Benyama, he is that and shout out to our Coda text line, 512-22-9328. Somebody said Quinn Snyder had the same problem with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys butted heads. Like, and I don't know if it was the COVID thing or what, but <laughs> <laughs> like when Rudy Gobert was touching everything and stuff and Donovan Mitchell was pissed and yeah, that, that didn't work out in Utah, but you got those guys. Like it's, a, it's the NBA. There's so many divas, man. These guys are getting paid so much money. James Harden ain't even in Philadelphia for practice right now, That's- right? That's...
1: That's what I wanted to ask you. So, so I, I saw that he wasn't in practice, and 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 it's like, well, maybe back to the Rockets. I, I mean, the, the dude wants to be in Houston. Apparently, he's like it, it, strip club legend in Houston. I mean, I mean, what, what what do you do with this guy, man? It's like, can you just go away? Just just yeah. fucking leave. Just go away. I, I mean, here we go again. And, yeah. and, and that's one of the things that drives me crazy
0: about some of these guys. Where it's like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Yo, it's hard for certain guys to understand that their father time catches up with you and you lose a step or two. Yep. And having the pride to say and look in the mirror and say, you know what, maybe I should take a lesser role. James Harden isn't one of those guys. And now that he's in his mid-30s, he's still doing the same things that he did in his 20s. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is when you become the leader. Like, this is when you become the veteran. Because all of these guys that are now in the NBA watched you when they were kids. So, and and I'm not saying James Harden doesn't do that. Like, him and Tyrese Maxey, who's the young buck in Philly that might be – better than James at this point like he had a lot of games for Philly last year where he was the best player on the court even Joel Embiid the MVP like he had to give the ball to Tyrese Maxey at times but then James and I get it this is about Daryl Morey like Daryl Morey promised James all these things and obviously according to James he reneged on that and stuff so now James Harden is very petty about it and makes it well known that he's being petty about it and that he doesn't like daryl maury but you're still a professional and daryl maury has a point like james whatever he promised him you're not that same player that's right so if you can't see that if you can't see how bad you were in game seven against boston in the playoffs then i don't know what to tell you like tyrese maxey you're stunting his growth my guy Because you want the ball in your hands all the time. Like I told Chip Brown yesterday, who Chip's a little nervous about Max Acemas, new Texas guard, transfer from Oral Roberts, who the last three years in college basketball averaged over 20 points a game. He was a little, he was, Chip talked about how Acemas might be a ball stopper and this Texas team's going to have to get used to him. And Max Acemas, he's going to have to get used to his teammates. And understanding that, hey, at Oral Roberts, which was a G5 program, I was the man. The ball was in my hands the whole time. Well, now you're playing power six ball. I say power six because the Big East, you got to count them. It's not like football. Mm -hmm. The Big East is there. So there's six power conferences in basketball. But you got to change your game a little bit. So now you got to learn the playoff ball. Like you came to Texas. It shouldn't be a shocker. And Max Acemas, he was at... Uh, Big 12 media day with Rodney Terry and Dylan Mitchell so that's a good sign that you know he's that guy and Rodney Terry has trust in him but you you gotta be able to adapt you gotta be able to adjust like Steph Curry he he'll really be battling with Magic Johnson by the time his career is over. I'm not saying now. I, I know Steph went out and said that, you know, he thinks he's the best point guard of all time, and then Magic had to say, oh, well, does he have five rings and all these <laughs> empathies and this and that. Like, Magic was hot. Magic was petty yeah. about it. I appreciate it. I love some Magic Johnson. That dude has to cure. That man is a legend. So, yeah, like, Steph – He's going to be able to play till he's, he's 40 because he can shoot. He can shoot, yeah. and his stamina is different than anybody we've ever seen come into the association. But Steph's going to realize there's going to be a certain point to where he can't do all that. Adapt. Yeah. He'll, he'll adapt. Yeah. He'll be like, okay, I know I can still shoot. I'll always be able to still shoot. I'm going to play off ball a little more, yeah. you know, in yeah. order to stick around. And I think yeah. that's what James Harden is struggling to deal he
1: with. He absolutely will not. I mean and you said it it's like the James Harden of I mean he's like dude I mean father time comes a knocking and that's some bitch he comes quick and yeah. and you have to and that's what I see uh, so so you're talking about Steph Curry and hold on Big Magic Johnson what has he done <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean that 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 really is the the thing right there with these guys, and and that that really is the one thing. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that. And see, you got the right call right here with a Zay, Zay Collier. Right, man. on this show. But it, it is, it's like, come on, Harden, man, you, you you gotta, man, you gotta change your game up a little bit, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's a it's a different time, and and I do. And you mentioned Boston a while ago, and 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 we can go wherever you want to go from here, Boston. They better get their shit together. They're running out of time. It seems you like. Think so, right? I mean, it, it seems like. I mean, it, it seems like they're they're finding ways to to lose series and and lose finals. Um, what's your thought on that? I mean, it's like it's a different day um, in NBA now.
0: Yeah, I mean. Joe Mazzulla thrown into the fire. You got M.A. Mm. Udoka, who's out here cheating on me along. So if I'm Adam Silver, you're not even coming back in the league, dog. Like You, you got to go to college first. You got to pay your due. I don't give a damn what Houston wants. You cheated on me Long. That's one of the finest women in the world. Have you seen Friday. Like, that's where you get, damn, from Chris Tucker at Ice Cube. They were looking at Nia Long running in their South Central neighborhood. Like, she is different, and she's aged well, like the best fine wine that you could find. And this dude's out here cheating. So I'll give MAU, uh, excuse me, Joe Mazzulla a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, because that's a tough situation. You get thrown okay. into the fire on the team that has championship aspirations. And last season, double R, you lose to Miami in seven. Miami goes up 3 0. So no NBA team has ever came back down 0 3 and 1. This isn't baseball. Very hard to do. And the Celtics almost <laughs> did that. But he, it made you don't. I mean, excuse me, Joe Mazzula got out coached. Like Eric Spolstra, one of the best to ever do it. He outcoached them for a majority of that series. And that's what happened to me. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what happened, in my opinion. But this season, I thought they made some good moves. You lose Marcus Smart, who I don't know how many more good years as a starter Marcus Smart no. has. He's in Memphis now, which... They're out, they don't have John Moran. And we'll get to a John Moran story. I got that really? <laughs> a little keyed up for you. But um John Moran, he's out for 25 games. So they brought in Marcus Smart. So you're missing that leadership in Boston. You bring in Perzingis, who when Perzingis is the third option, I think that's the best Porzingis you're gonna get. Like Chris Boss Perzingis, he's not the man. He's not a number one option. He's not a superstar, even though the New York Knicks thought he was going to be, deal with all those injuries and stuff, went on to Dallas and didn't work out with Luka there, part Jason Kidd and Luka's fault because you got to get Porzingis more involved. There should have been more pick and roll action, and Porzingis, he just didn't fit there, and I know everybody wants to blame Porzingis and stuff, but yeah, he wasn't good, but it wasn't all his fault. Goes off to the Wizards, does pretty well, but it's the Wizards. They're not making the playoffs or anything, so Nobody's really paying attention. And now he's in Boston to where he could be the third option behind Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who... They need somebody like Porzingis, like Al Horford. Mm-hmm. He's getting up there, and he's a part mm-hmm. of the reason why they lost. Like he played way too much these last yeah. playoff series. Like he just doesn't have that in him to be that consistent. He'll give you once in the, he'll give you a good game every once in a while. But Al Horford as your starting center at like age thirty five or thirty six and stuff, no sir. Especially going against a Bam a bio from Miami, that doesn't make sense. The Celtics yep. also got Drew Holiday. When Dame Mm -hmm. Lillard went to the Bucs and they traded Drew Holiday to Portland or whatever they traded him to, and he got, um, and they just let him go, Boston picked up Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday is incredible. He's better than Marcus Smart to me, way better. Like, defensively, Marcus Smart's good, and so is Drew Holiday, but what Marcus Smart brings offensively ain't shit to what Drew Holiday brings offensively. Like, that dude, you could post him up. You could go pick and roll with him. He could be a combo point guard. He could guard your twos. Twos could guard him, and he could do well. Like Drew Holiday is one of the most versatile players in the National Basketball Association. So having those two guys, Prazingis Mm -hmm. and Holiday, to go along with Tatum and Brown, I think this is the best Celtics team. And then you got Derek White. This is the best Celtics team that we've seen the last few years on paper, now they're yeah. going to get used to each other and stuff, but that takes a huge weight off of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's shoulders bringing in those two other guys. So I think their opportunity is back. I think they're right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, I think they're going to be in the mix with Milwaukee, who obviously got Dame Lither to go with Giannis. But if Chris Middleton isn't healthy, then it's going to be tough for Giannis and Dame still because even – If they make it out of the East, going to the West, like Chris Middleton has to be there. I know he's an Aggie and all, but the dude could play. (laughs) When healthy. He was a reason. He was the reason why they won it in 2021. Like Chris Middleton, when they put so much attention on Giannis on these defensive schemes and stuff, Middleton would get the ball and he would go pick and roll and he would orchestrate the offense and create for himself and others. And since he's 6'7", he could be a matchup nightmare. So him being healthy and him being the third option, that's going to be huge. I think the Knicks, they could be pretty good again, but I don't know what their ceiling is. I think they could probably be the same as what we saw last year a second round team Atlanta Murray and uh Trey Young I don't think they're going anywhere A playoff team but they ain't going anywhere Miami I think they're gonna be good too but you can't sneak up on anybody like you did last year no, like everybody's no. gonna expect that And Miami lost a few guys, too. So they're going to have to really count on those young dudes that they drafted, which they kind of have a Spurs-type front office over there, like the Heat culture. That's real, and that's a big reason why they've had success. Shout-out to our CODA text line, 512-222-9328. Somebody said, better duo in the West, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, or Luca and Kyrie? Kevin Durant and Devin
1: Booker. Mm -hmm.
0: Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And a lot of that's because who knows where Kyrie's going to go? You never know. You have no idea. Kind of like that Harden thing. I mean, you never fucking know what you're going to get from that
1: dude. (laughs) You never know.
0: You never know. And he's he's been pretty good since he's been in Dallas. Like, he's been pretty good. Maybe it's a Texas thing, and he's felt that Southern hospitality. Like, this is the first time that he's really been in Texas. I know he got, you know, he was a part of that in-season trade last year, but this is the first time he's lived this far south, playing for Brooklyn and the Celtics, and he went to Duke. That was the southest he's ever lived. This is a New Jersey kid, so he needs that Southern hospitality. You know, he needs to have just a different setting, and this is it for Kyrie. You know, he got paid, yeah. but this is it. Like, this guy's 31 years old. This is the last chance that a team that actually has big-time playoff aspirations and a guy like Luca that he's going to get this type of chance because yeah. he just can't be loose cannon Kyrie that we've seen in recent years to where you take the focus off your team and it goes to you because you're doing who knows what. Outside the court, like so—that's uh, the I scariest mean, thing about them. Along those
1: lines, you mentioned him a while ago. I mean, John Morant. I mean, it's like, come on, man. I, I mean, at one point where where you sit here, I mean, with with all the t- and this is where it's easy for us to sit back and be like, man, if I had all that talent, if I had that opportunity, I would do shit different. But you know, we we can say that all we want, man, but. The, the, the downfall of this dude in the last what year, I mean, it's like, man, come on, and, and now one, this I mean I'm not going to say that this is a this is a wasted talent because maybe you can overcome this I mean, we, we've seen greater odds where people are over able to overcome the shit that they do wrong, but man, it's like this dude just keeps stepping on himself, and I'm like, dude, what in the hell are you yeah. doing?
0: i just yeah. I, I just cannot understand this. So it's funny that you bring up John Morant because I got I was, the story that came up today on Twitter and around social media and stuff. And there's sources of Grizzlies personnel that I've said a lot of the last 18 months that have to do with John Morant's behavior behavior, excuse me, has been because of his pops, T Morant, who you see on the sideline with the sunglasses on inside, by the way looking like Usher, and somebody said that T has been a major driving force in all of this. He's never made the NBA, but this was his chance to live like he's an NBA superstar. That's been a problem from the beginning. I've been saying that from the beginning. I've been saying that before John Morant even got in trouble that this dude, T Morant, needs to calm down because You see him on the sideline, like he got into that thing with Shannon Sharp. Yeah. He got into that little altercation with Shannon Sharp. And that's when I was like, dude, who the hell are you? Yeah. Why are you at every single game? Like, go home, go home. And I hate those parents, Rodney. I hate it because yes, you did your part. you were a huge reason to your son having this success. Like I love the story about T Morant building the little sport court in the backyard. so John Morant always had a place to train and they really trained there. Like, you're talking about of somebody in myself who was privileged enough to have a little sport court in my backyard too. That's a huge difference. Sure. I was always working on my game and doing just random things. Now it's tough in that Texas heat. John Morant's from South Carolina, so I know that humidity gets them there, That's right. but yeah. you know, it was a little tough in that Texas heat. Thankfully, CC always had the key to the gym at Bowie. But there it is. but like, man, team Morant should be ashamed of himself. Like, just how you could tell, man, just how he's carried himself. Like when you see a guy wear sunglasses inside. And they're they're not famous, they're just some random trying to be cool. Red flag for me, red yep. flag, especially a person that's in his 50s, yep. or almost close to their 50s. Like, you ain't Snoop Dogg, bruh. That's not, that ain't that ain't you. If I see Snoop Dogg doing all oh, it's Snoop, that dude made gin and juice. It makes sense. Yeah. For T Morant, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell, like. What, what are you going to tell your son who's act here, out here acting crazy when your son's out here getting everybody else paid? Probably grandma's in a new home somewhere. You know, just you probably got a chef for everybody. His sister, John ja Morant's sister's been in different altercations that Jaws dealt with and stuff like that that he shouldn't have. It's just chaos with the Morant family. And you're a father, Rodney. Like, having that balance of being proud of your kids but also stand in your lane and letting them have their own life is yeah. huge and yeah. T. Morant doesn't understand that balance and it shows and 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 you know that that's actually something I mean you you were
1: talking about coaching coaching kids earlier in the shows eh and and I mean this is something that I see it I mean I, I do a lot of high school stuff or, or whatever and I know a lot of parents and and you know back to back to dudes that i went to high school with or or whatever where man that that really does seem to be something i don't care if it's a female or a dude it i, I mean I, man parents really do want to kind of try to live out their dreams and expectations and failures through their kids and it's like, you know, I've had poignant conversations with friends of mine where it's like, you know, they're they're telling me about their kid, you know, sending them to baseball camps and to football camps and all these different things, spending all these mo- all this money on this different stuff or whatever. And I had a undisclosed. Acquaintance had told me one time. He's like, man, I, I just don't get it with my kid. He, he just, he just doesn't doesn't get it. He, he he's not worth a shit at football. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I fucking played with you. Neither were you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like. Put, Quit acting like you're dealing with Tony Casillas over here. Is a lineman, you know. It's, oh it's like, you ain't got you ain't got the next Warren Snap over here. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's just not in the cards, and, and just kind of everything with John Moran. I mean, it, that really is the thing right now, where it's like people need to. I mean, take a step back, man. Yeah. It's like you know, you you have that God-given, if you choose not to believe in God. I'm sorry, but you have that uh, that 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 talent that you have or lack there of it. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of times there's a lack there of it that you can train and try to be better or whatever the case may be. But it's like, my God, back off a little bit, man. It's just out of control. Know. It's like all these fans fighting at the
0: games. Have you seen this lately? No, it's, like, it's, it's getting ridiculous. I, I love a good fan fight, but every weekend, yes. like the Cowboys Chargers one was crazy. They're all crazy. When somebody dies in the stands, which what I want to say it happened in Foxborough at the Patriots I, game I think so. yeah. a few weeks ago. The dude got knocked out cold. Is you dead. got cold dead. Yeah, Dead. We got to stop it. We got to stop it. Like, I get it. We're passionate and stuff. But what makes you get that turnt up to where you're in the stance? And it's not like them NFL tickets is cheap. It's not like they selling them, you know, on sale or anything. Like Roger Goodell's making his paper. These owners are making their paper. I don't give a damn if you're in the nosebleeds that you can dap up Jesus Christ or not. Like, you, how are these people still getting into fights? And you've seen women involved, too. That's what's really crazy. I've seen a lot of women get involved now where they're causing the fights and stuff. And it's just, yeah, man, you're right, but... Yeah, those dads, those, man, you had me roll around that dad that wasn't no, you're, shit you're, back in high school himself, but once, yeah. once junior to be all American, and yeah. it pissed off that junior ain't all American. Yeah. Like, you got yeah. some nerve, buddy. Yeah, this dude, this dude rode the pine,
1: and he's sitting there talking about his kid. I'm like, okay, family genes, brother, because that's the shit you did. You <laughs> <laughs> don't know good either. And it's oh, like, man. And it's yeah. like, man, my my memory has faded over year over the years, man. But I remember you weren't that damn good, <laughs> so yeah. it's like, oh man. But 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 that that really is the the sad thing about this, like like with like with Ja right here, man. It's like it um. It's a situation to where that just just so much talent, and you know you see it with musicians and actors and all this, where where they pass away, you know, for for whatever. It's like it's just it's all the outside stuff that just that just ruins careers, man. Yeah. And and I hope that's not what happens right here because this dude is so fucking talented. Oh, it's and, and so it's, fun to
0: watch, man. Yes. he's a, he's the closest thing we've seen to Alan Iverson. Yep, like yep. he's. He's the closest thing, which Allen Iverson's one of my favorite players of all time. I have the shoes. Pops wouldn't let me get cornrows. I'm too dark to get <laughs> tattoos. But if I could, I would. You know what I'm saying? And AI, like John Moran's the closest thing. He might be more athletic than AI. But AI got in trouble all the time, too. All the yeah. time. AI was kicking women out the crib, butt naked and stuff, <laughs> and rolling around Philly with a pistol and knocking on folks' doors with a pistol. So it wasn't like Allen Overson was a saint. It's just that, you know, this was 2001, 2002. Social media wasn't out. So people didn't see that side of AI that they could see of John now. But I'm right there with you, man. These parents, they got to slow their roll a little bit. And, you know... Mm -hmm. If you want to slow your roll here in Austin, Texas at Zilker or the Round Rock location, go to Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. This is just elite southern seafood dining. And Monday night, the happy hour, it's popping. So check out Salt Traders Coastal Cooking and get yourself some fried shrimp. It's amazing. Shrimp and grits. You know they got all types of deals, dollar off oysters and drinks during the happy hour, and yeah, man, five dollars off all beginnings. Just, it's on point at Salt Traders Coastal Cooking because they come from the team of Jack Allen, and you know how good that food is. So, shout out Salt Traders Coastal Cooking, one of the best southern seafood places in town. The Zilker location, the Round Rock location. Anyone that's close to you, check them out and enjoy some fine quality cuisine at Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. And shout out to Dr. Greg Eckert and Dr. Eckert, who has been providing just astounding dentistry, general dentistry, advanced dentistry, sports dentistry, anything you want. If you need that cleaning, if you want some new veneers, you need all those T five. you got a cavity, Dr. Eckert they got you over there and hit up DrEcker.com for all of, you know, the appointments, set up an appointment because we call them at 512-345-3166. And Dr. U also does great work with Brain Vault, revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to reduce concussions and the risk of concussions. The UT cheerleading team. They got their brain vault mouth guard, so hey, it's going down because y'all seen Bring It On, Gabrielle Union, Christian Dirts. They be doing some crazy stuff, one of my favorite movies ever. So, somebody messes up or slips or something and drops, and you hit your long way down, long way down. Ronnie, you need that brain vault. So, check out brainvault.com to get scheduled a fitting. And yeah, Dr. Greg Eckert,
1: Dr. Yeah, hey, and and, and don't forget, uh, uh, Zay, We got to talk about great blue hair and furniture. Um, right. I mean, really cool stuff right there. I mean, a custom uh, leather furniture company back in 1991. Uh, they fired this thing off, focusing on heavy leathers, hides, and 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 fabrics. You know, from you know traditional western to the modern farmhouse is just beautiful stuff. I mean, this stuff is unbelievable, um, and it's the highest quality that that you're going to find. I, I mean, that's the whole thing. You know, I always talk about. On our show, I'm like, you know, there, there. I'm in Round Rock. There's a place right up the road where people go buy all this furniture that you have to <laughs> assemble yourself. Man, forget that shit. Go over here and, and get high quality, uh, best great stuff you're going to find. You're not going to find anything more stylish, more comfortable. There's a link right here in the YouTube video. Uh, it takes you to our Texas Sports Unfiltered collection. And um, you use that promo code HOOKEM, 15% off of your purchase there. Not only does it look good, it's the highest quality. It's going to last not weeks, not months, not days. Decades, a long time. This isn't the stuff you're sending off to the dorm with your kids. Even if you did, they're still not going to mess it up because it's that high quality. Uh, click that click that uh, link right there or call them at 866-247-9688. The other thing, right, quick, uh, Zay, you've mentioned it a couple of times. That code of text line, don't forget, guys, you've got Formula One coming up uh, out at Circuit of the Americas. Uh, starts tomorrow. I mean, you got practice day tomorrow. You have cars on track. you got the sprint race on Saturday Along with uh, the Killers and Queen with Adam Lambert, whatever I'll be there for that. Um, and then you've got the U.S. Grand Prix presented by Lenovo coming up on Sunday, so it's going to be a g- great time out there at COTA. Going to be in the 90s, so we're going to lose a little bit of the coolness that we've been uh, having going on around here, but uh, still going to be a good time. Going out and watch, uh, going out and watch Red Bull dominate one more time and win another race here in Austin. Is that what you expect? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, it's like Max Verstappen. It's like, hell, he ain't even got to show up and he wins, dude. It's like, geez. So Yeah. yeah, you never know. Mercedes is doing some stuff. I mean, Lewis Hamilton, you know, owned Coda at one point. So, uh, They've made some changes to that car for, for this weekend. I mean, maybe they come out and uh, Ferrari's been okay. You know, McLaren's been strong. So it's going to be a fun weekend. It's going to be a good uh, good time to go on out there and check out all the sights and sounds. Lots of good people watching um, out there at Coda as well for Formula One.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Ronnie, you're the best when it comes to these cars, man. And before we get to our next topic, I want to ask you about this weekend because you talk about, you know, certain cars just fitting for this track. What, who do you think has the advantages when it comes to this Koda track, specifically this one? And what makes this track different than the rest around the country? The, the really cool, Zay, that's a great question, man. A, a
1: lot of people ask me that. And what's so cool about about Coda is that, I mean, the elevation changes that you see at this racetrack. I mean, you, you start, you start you know, here and you go up turn one and it's just gradual incline. And then you're going downhill um, as you get through the S's and you get back to the backside to turn 11. You're going back uphill once again. So the elevation is really cool. And, and when this track was designed, the, the dude that designed it, uh tavo hellman what what he did say he he took different aspects of different racetracks around the world i mean i'm not just talking about around the country he took pieces of this track pieces of this track pieces of this track and he put it all together and he threw it out there in elroy and and that's that's really the cool part for me it's 3.41 miles around here and it really it really doesn't matter i mean with formula one that's going to be out there this weekend i mean i mean that that is ideally because these cars are so nimble so fast but man, even even in March when you get the NASCAR, when you get the big heavy cars out there, when you get them out there, man, they're whipping around there as well. It, it's just entertaining as shit. I yeah. mean, there, there's no other way around it. It's it's such a technical track. It's such a technical track, and and a lot of a lot of winning a car race is man, you got to beat the circuit. You got to beat the circuit, and 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 if you win a Coda, you've won it a world class place. And 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 I know I'm joking around about Verstappen winning and dominating this race. He's dominated the season. He's going to win on Sunday, but the racing behind him is going to be really good. So, so yeah. go enjoy that. It's really cool shit. Really cool yeah, shit.
0: Should be very excited, man. It's beautiful over there. I love going to that oh, part yeah. of town and, yeah, just what they've done there, going past the airport and stuff like that. It's Ooh. crazy what this city's about now. Isn't it it's,
1: weird, dude? Oh, it's, nuts. I mean,
0: it's nuts. I never would have thought it would have anything like that and... <laughs> Yeah, man, just, I went, I've been out there just to race the go-karts, man, with the homies, yep. and that was amazing, you know, like, that's as authentic yeah. as it gets, so, Coda, part of our family here at Texas Sports Unfiltered, and they're doing big things this weekend, Circuit of America, so y'all check that out, if you can. Got about 20 minutes left. I don't know who's jumping on after us. It might be KD or Trey Elling or Jeff Howe. Who knows, man? Y'all y'all get some great sports talk and some other different things. You know, Trey, you might bring that fart button back. Who knows? Oh, hell. <laughs> he might bring that shit back. Absolute character. But stay with us all day and all week long here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Chip Brown will be back Tomorrow for a Friday. But now, Rodney, it's time to get to your Strohs, man. Eight to five yesterday. Now the Rangers are just up two to one. And, yeah, it seems like this team, they just love being on the road. And sometimes they have some home difficulties. But... Man, they were good yesterday and put up some serious runs. Altuve had homer that he had. Jordan Alvarez continuing to rake, yeah. even though he didn't homer yesterday. He brought in two, which were big. And you know, they were good. They were good. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, yeah. Christian Javier, like he was good enough and. They took advantage of uh, Scherzer, you know, somebody who isn't 100% right now. And the Astros, they capitalized on it. I don't know if the Rangers might have been a little, should have been a little bit more cautious and throwing him out there. I get it. He wants to play and all, but that didn't look like the three time Cy, Cy Young award winner that we're used to seeing. And Astros, now one game away from tying this thing up tomorrow. Man, and I'll tell
1: you, um, you know, you're you're kind of waiting for this game for, from Houston, and for the life of me, I, I cannot figure out, you know, the whole thing with on the road. I mean, I, I just don't get it. Uh, you know, Christian Javier, I mean, he was good, and and the thing, I mean, he he's been really good in the playoffs. they and and the thing that I couldn't. Figure out. I mean, not that I could get up there and hit it, but I mean, I mean, he was he was making a living last night with his fastball. And I mean, this isn't a ninety-eight mile per hour fastball. This is ninety-two to ninety-five mile per hour fastball that he's blowing by these guys. And and nobody could figure out nobody could figure out how to rate this thing. And and it was just a, it was a it was an overall great team win that we hadn't seen from the Astros in this series. I mean, even Martin Maldonado. I was yeah. talking about him this morning. The veteran catcher. You know, people say, well, you know, he. He's a great game caller, but he can't hit. Well, you know, he got two hits yesterday. He had two RBIs oh, right. last night. Yeah. And yeah. And and I mean that, that that tells you right there, I think we're at a very we're at a very interesting point of the series because obviously in the first two games, you know, when when you have Montgomery, you have Uvaldi that that come out and and that's your that's your that's your two aces right there, you know, for the Rangers. And then you go to Scherzer. I'm I mean, at this point you have to. I mean, I think you have to, if he's available, you go that direction because you don't, I mean, today's a bullpen game for them, essentially. Uh, I mean, uh, they're going to be, it's going to be by committee for them today. I mean, I know they're starting who they're starting, but you know, when you, when you look over at Houston, uh, I mean, Houston has a full fledged starter that's going to be starting that game for them. So I think today, if Houston, if Houston can not this thing up tonight, man, it, um, it's going to be a brand new series. I think it's already a brand new series because what what the Astros have done here is they're they're reasserting themselves as the champions. And I mean, you know how that is, eh? You know, Ric Flair to be the man, you got to beat the man, uh, all yeah. that stupid cliches and shit. But I mean, that the the Astros, I mean, you you get the Astros, you get them playing the way they did at the end of the season where they won the AL West, and I mean, it's going to be tough sledding for for the Rangers. But I mean, hell, you still got to go back to Minute Made, so I guess that factors back in for the Rangers, but it's it's gonna be pretty electric in tomorrow, I think, uh as as we continue moving forward.
0: Yeah. My mistake, the game is actually tonight. So yeah, tonight if, and tomorrow. Tonight's yeah. the tonight. Yeah. Tonight is yeah, tonight's yeah. game for yeah. Um I think just winning, you know, game three is huge for their confidence because at the end of the day it's baseball and yeah, home field advantage does come into play, but you still gotta put that bat to the ball and you still got to make plays happen and stuff like that. So them having confidence and seeing themselves put up dubs and seeing themselves, even though it wasn't um, against Montgomery or it wasn't against Yovaldi like that, that just shows that, okay, we could beat this team. We just got to stay consistent and stay confident. And I think you're going to see that. I mean, Young hit two homers yesterday. So that dude, he's feeling good. And we know what Corey Seeger and the rest of that lineup for the Rangers can do. But yeah, if you're the Astros and Dusty Baker and them, you ain't tripping at all. Like you're feeling good. You're still very confident. You still probably could think you could come back and win, even if it's at Minute May, because you have, like you said, that championship DNA that goes so far. I'm yep. just not panicking. Like I look at the Diamond Bats. Those dudes look like they're low key padded. They look yeah. overwhelmed. well. They look like – and a lot has to do with Citizens Bank Park. Like, that place is just absolutely bananas. Like, it's an absolute animal house up there at Philadelphia's ballpark. So, I, I get having, you know, being a little nervous before the game and every time sure. you go up to that. But, still, they look like a team that has a lot of youth, even though Evan Longoria has been playing since Kyle Ripken was – Forever, you know, dude. I, yeah, he's been around forever. Like, it's nuts. <laughs> but um, they still have a lot of young guys that are their top players that haven't been there nor done that yet. While the Phillies have a lot of guys that have been there, especially going to the World Se- uh, World Series, and yeah. that that they they're playing like it, like they're they <laughs> they're they're playing like it. Bryce Harper and Trey Turner and all those guys, they got some studs, man. And we'll see what yeah, happens when they go to the desert, but. It looks like the Rangers or the Astros will be playing the Phillies in the World Whoa. Series, and it's been some good baseball, man. It's, it's been some good yeah. baseball. Favorite yeah. time of the year when it comes to baseball for obvious reasons.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. And and I do have to tell you what, what I thought was really impressive yesterday or in the game last night was how Dusty did go in. I mean, he went and he changed the lineup around. I mean, you know, slotting Michael Brantley into the second spot and, and uh, Brantley with a great catch out there, you know, the old man. Uh, you know when when he fell on that shoulder I'm like oh shit you know yeah like, here we go no. he down and I'm and I'm hearing glass break I'm like K-. you know he got up you know smiling and you know you get Jordan out of the out of the out of the cleanup spot you insert Bregman in there you move Pena down and and uh, you know Kyle Tucker you move him down and and you know it, it's still these guys like I was talking about Maldonado and Dubon and 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 these guys have have Work themselves into the lineup to where it's like you know I, I was I was mentioning this as well to where it seems like to me that the Astros are kind of I, I don't know if they're going to win this series A eh? I, I don't know if they're going back to the World Series but but what they're proving to me this year is you, you know you have you have the legacy and of course you have the cheating scandal you have all that stuff that is a part of this run for them but what they're doing here with their inability to be where they're under five hundred at home but yet they seem to find ways to be able to win on the road in hostile environments. To me, it's just adding to the, I don't care what era you're in, this just kind of slides right in as to the greatness of what this organization has done. And, you know, if they get back to the series, to the World Series, I mean, you said it, dude, Philadelphia, holy smoke. These guys seems to me like the best team in baseball at the moment. So, um Yeah. Yeah. I mean, them, I mean, I'm an Astros guy, but them and the Rangers hitting at full speed, holy moly, that that would be
0: one hell of a series right there. Right. And like, it don't look like too cold or anything in Philly right now. I don't know what the temperature is, but yeah, man. And they have like an unorthodox lineup, like Kyle Schorber batting first. That's crazy to me because that's. That's just not the typical guy. You usually want a speedster at that spot so they can make plays for the big bats that come up, you know, two, three, and four. But they're very unorthodox, how uh, you know, the way they do things. And, yeah, they're fun to watch. They're definitely fun to watch. And they're rolling at the right time. So, <laughs> Keep on watching your baseball. We'll cover it on all of our shows here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Got about 10 minutes left. Let's talk a little Cowboys in that time. Rodney, you know, bounce back win for the boys. I mean, Dak Prescott, he looked good. Yeah, I think he won them the game. You know, I know his stats weren't crazy out there, but the comeback route to Brandon Cooks, to milk the clock and win the game was huge. C.D. Lamb, the crossing route where Dak kind of escaped and moved, uh, ran to the sideline and just threw that thing and hit C.D. Lamb on the crossing route. Like, that was beautiful. Just Dak using his legs is always going to be best for not only the Cowboys, but for Dak, you know? And mental psyche is huge, that's huge. Yeah. You. Your mental confidence, where you, where you're at, where your mentality is at. Like, how can you not in a way be scarred for life when your leg gets completely snapped around? You know, like how, just. I don't think we talk about that enough because we just expect these athletes who it's a part of the job, who gives yeah. a shit, like do, do what you're supposed to do. It's a part of the job. Injuries are a part of the job. Like, no man, like let's be realistic. Let's be objective here. The dude's leg was turned completely around. Yeah. Snapped. Yes. It's it's every every time.
1: I mean, I don't even give a damn if I'm a Cowboys fan or not. I mean, every time that he takes off or that he drops back and I see him plant, I'm like, is that thing going to hold up? You know, it's oh, like man. For, for the way that that thing got turned around. And I mean, who can forget that, 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 that image right there of that, you know, thing sitting. It's like when Theisman got hit by, by Lawrence Taylor back in 82, yeah. you know, where you're sitting there oh, and it's Theismann. like, bam. And it's like, did that shit really just happen? Um, You know, I, I this, I think this game was so important for Dak because, um, and Dak really does a good job. Look, I'm as hard on him as anybody else. But the dude really does a good job handling this pressure because he I mean, it's one of the toughest jobs that you're going to find in, in the world is being uh, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, because it's like everybody's up your ass. There's a magnifying glass on you. Every little thing that you do wrong is going to be pointed out. He bounced back really well for, for the game you know, that he had with the 49ers. And I think for the Cowboys, because it's the same thing I'm kind of honing in more to the NFC East right now, is, look, Philadelphia, well, they lost this week, but Philadelphia is not. I mean, some of the wins for Philadelphia are kind of ugly. Yeah. Um, the the Dallas, uh, I mean, winning that game over the Chargers, again, that was the Chargers, but this is where I go back to, Zay, is just from years of heartbreak, these are the games the Cowboys find a way to lose. And and Zach, let, or Zach, <laughs> Dak, <laughs> thinking of you and him Dak led them and found a way to not mess up and took them to a win a primetime win which they needed and you go into the bye week get some people well you still got a good defense an exceptional defense i just like you i mean you're talking there you're getting brandon cooks involved but damn zay gotta get the running game figured out you're talking about um, you know number four's legs man that can't be your leading ground gainer right there man. You're 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 not in a good spot if that's your lead dude on the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if it's a Tony Pollard thing cuz you got to remember he's still coming off of injury from that San Fran game in the divisional round. But yeah, I agree. You know, Duddle, he does a good job at times and Tony Pollard still had a solid game. I mean, His play where he caught the ball in the middle of the field and took it about 30 more yards and broke that tackle, that was one of the biggest plays of the game for the Dallas Cowboys. And that was Dak Prescott doing a good job of just moving around in the pocket, giving himself time to complete Mm -hmm. that pass. But you're right, Rodney, the running game has been just off. And... I I don't know why exactly, you know, you've got to improve that. I mean, they just have too many guys like Zach Martin, what you pay him all this money for. If this running game isn't going to be where you want it to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's – the dude was holding out. So, if they can get that together, that's clearly going to help this offense really move. And CeeDee Lamb, you got a happy CeeDee Lamb now because he had over 100 yards. He's not going to (laughs) be pouting or throwing his quarterback under the bus or throwing his team under the bus with his hands. He's like, I don't know. Yeah, you do know. Say it. Say that. Hey, we're struggling. I'm a part of this. I got to get open to, like, take some ownership. And, you know, when you're winning, you don't got to answer those questions and stuff. So, you know, people want to say, oh, it's just the Chargers. That guy, Vaughn Miller, is going to the Hall of Fame. Joey Bosa has been a perennial pro bowler and an all-pro edge rusher. And Darwin James (laughs) has been first-team all-pro during his time and his young career coming out of Florida State in the National Football League. So they still Mm -hmm. got dudes. They still got guys and even though it was ugly you know too many penalties for my liking that got sacked a few times but hey they handled their business and they got a good win on the road let's see what they do for the rest of the season and right. the way that they uh, made I'll Justin Herbert look like Justin Herbert's tough that dude's I know he's lost a few games, but you could put a lot of those on his coach. And, you know, Keaton Allen, it's a miracle when he's on the field because he's always hurt. He didn't have his number two wide receiver in Mike Williams, which that showed like Quentin Johnson. He'll be something special maybe later on coming out of TCU, but right now he ain't that yet. And yeah. you know, the Cowboys, they play good D. Yeah.
1: You know, you know what Charger is tougher than all the all those Chargers that you just mentioned. I'll show you the toughest charger right here.
0: Oh, that's my girl. Yo, <laughs> shout out to her, man, the fake-ass oh. Charger fan. That her photo of yeah. wearing a Vikings jersey is going around social media right now. Yeah, how much did they pay her? Because oh she God. had some emotions. and I, she, That ain't authentic, man. She was on Pat McAvee's show oh. and stuff like that. Like, come on, There's like a man. curtain behind her? There's like yeah. a curtain behind her. Like, was she in the closet or the shower? or What the hell is she like, doing? Is she a make-a-wish kid? Like that's how she was getting treated. It's Dude. weird. And I, I get there was a lot of Cowboys jerseys in the stands and stuff, but we're bringing in fake fans now. Yeah, like, I mean, really? they're, they're, look, look, look at that.
3: <laughs>
1: what in the entire hell is that?
0: I mean. Yeah, y'all you know, are watching us on youtube and listen to us on the app the lady the asian lady rocking the chargers gear at the game on monday night who was as animated as i don't know what hey. and they just kept showing her the camera just kept yeah. going to her like it was taylor yeah. swift or something it was odd it was very know, odd man.
1: It's like she's kind of overshadowed Taylor Swift here uh, lately with all that, Zay. Hey, but before we gotta go, I, I do want to ask you. Speaking of ownership, um, and speaking of kind of the athletes entitled, you know, whatever, kind of our whole society thing we've been talking about, uh, Caleb, Caleb Williams, you see him? He he wants he wants ownership in whoever drafts him. Uh dude, do, do that. I mean, maybe make that statement not a game that you throw. All these interceptions, but
0: it's- yeah, that's a weird to hear this come out. That's a weird timing because he was not yeah. good against Notre Dame and was a big reason yeah. why they lost. Like, you can't blame Alex Grinch for that one, like, even though his defense still wasn't good, you expect that. You don't expect Caleb Williams to have the game that he did. So, yeah, man, I saw this, you know. I mean, in his mind, he knows that he'll be going to a team that isn't good because the team that has the first pick of the draft as the worst team in the league. Uh, Bryce Young is dealing with those struggles right now with the Carolina Panthers, which Bryce Young, like, dude, he, the Panthers got a video of him rocking a Spider-Man costume. I get, (laughs) we're almost at Halloween. I'm going to pull it up. Look at this fool. You know what I'm saying? Look, Bryce Young. This ain't college no more, bro. Nope. You got grown nope. ass men as your teammates in that locker room that ain't yep. trying to see that shit. And then the video, he's joking around and stuff. Look. Yeah. I You got a job now, brother. You got, a, got job a job now. You're yep. the you're the quarterback. We're 0-6. Why are you why is anybody laughing or anything? Like we get you're you're, you know. They, they put a lot of stock in you. I understand mm-hmm. that. So these players are like, okay, but you got to show that struggle and that anger and that trying to get that first win mentality like the rest of your crew. Because if I'm a teammate and I see that, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. I'm like, where's this yeah. guy's head at? Like, yeah. where's his head at? Like, where's, is he taking this seriously? You know, Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, Zay, you're probably losing it. Like, Zay, you're, you know, let the guy live and stuff. No, man. The National Football League, the NFL, not for long. That's That's what it stands for, in my opinion. Not for long. So Bryce Young playing bad could fuck up somebody else's opportunity because they look at this guy and they're like, oh yeah, well, this guy's struggling right now. Well, I can't get the ball because Bryce Young's out here making jokes, playing like shit. So yeah. if I can't get the ball, he ain't throwing it to me and my stats look bad. And I try to make this money in free agency or something, but I'm not getting any looks because my quarterback doesn't give a shit.
1: He wants to be fucking Spider-Man over he here. Wants to be yeah. Spider-Man
0: yeah. and stuff, it's like, dude, come on. Like it's yeah. it's the 19th, Rodney. If if it was if it was maybe the 30th. Even the 29th, Halloween, 31st. I'd be I'd be slightly okay with it because okay, it makes sense. It's Halloween. It's the 19th. We got a couple of weeks to Halloween, man. Rice Young, I need to see like you came from the Saban tree. We gotta get back yep. to that. Like yep. I'm Nick Saban and I see that video. I'm losing my mind, and I don't know if Trey or KD or who, any of those guys are waiting. Y'all could jump on at any time whenever y'all are ready. We can't bring. Yeah, I don't play. see him in
1: the waiting room yet, so we, we okay. can just kind of roll on. Yeah, okay. I, I don't see him, but but, but then meanwhile, you got CJ Stroud. Uh, I mean, this this dude's just out there taking care of business, right? Uh, I mean, it, it's like, geez, look at him. Uh, I mean, uh, there you go. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's impressive, Houston. It's like Houston it's supposed to be the shit show, but man. They're looking pretty damn smart right now as we bring in KD. KD joins us here. What's KD, up, how guys? Are how are y'all?
3: Good, oh, man. You're
1: complaining about sports, my man. Uh, it's so it's so what were.
3: we were born to do, guys, and y'all do a good job of it. So y'all, y'all sound great. Thank you, KD.
0: Appreciate you, man. So let me ask you this. Your team's 0-6. This is the NFL, and your rookie quarterback showing up with this, a Spider-Man costume. Like everything's cool. Again, we're undefeated right now. If we're leading the NFC South, I'm good with that. Bryce Young, have fun. Like, this is, you're a millionaire now. This is life. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. But you're 0 6. You have the worst record in the NFL. And then you got this rookie who thinks everything is sweet out here, former Heisman winner and stuff like that. And I, I get you want to have a positive attitude, even if you're 0 6 right now. I get that, but that's taking it too far. Like, that's too much. That shit pisses me off because, dog, we need some more seriousness, especially with my quarterback. And that's, he's showing his youth when I see types of things like that, KD. Spoken
3: like a coach's son right there, man. That's, that had CC written all over it, dude. I can only imagine. Like, Zay cracks a smile after a loss, and it's like, what are you smiling for? You know, what are you laughing at right now? I'm oh, watching the show. No, it's funny, you know? Um, oh, no, man. I think the only thing that would have been worse, although probably wanted, is if he would have dressed up as C.J. Stroud.
1: Boom. That's what we are just talking about.
3: Yeah. Okay. I didn't hear it. So, so yep. I heard y'all driving in, but I turned it off. So, yeah. No, that's uh, yeah. I'm with you, man. I mean, yeah, from everything I've heard about uh, about Bryce from really all the Alabama guys, like this guy is a everything you look for and a team leader and a guy. So, I mean, I, I was actually a little surprised by that, to to be honest. But yeah, they're 0 six. I mean, at this point, you're just tanking for tanking for zero. Uh, well, not Caleb, but maybe trading that pick, you know?
1: Yeah, oh, he wants ownership. I mean. We were talking about that too. He he wants part of the franchise if he comes
3: over. Yeah, I know. I know. I I mean Aaron Rodgers wanted that with the Jets, but Aaron Rodgers is proving stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. tell you what, I'd make a deal with him. I'd be like, stop painting your nails and I'll give you one percent equity. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that
0: is a little sassy there, man. I was Which, if you're a GM, I'm looking at that like, okay, I you try to justify this, but it's still a little off.
3: Yeah, but he's like, you know, well, the reason I do it is because that's what my mom does for a living, which is cool, I guess. But like, a lot of us have women we respect and like in life. You know, I'm not wearing a tampon to work. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe on my head, but you know, only for Halloween. I love you've that. never lived, I sir. love it. And you've never lived. There it is.
1: There it is right there. All right. Long I great job, there. guys.
3: Appreciate you. Appreciate y'all. with a show. Y'all have a great show. Okay, yeah, we will. Hopefully.
1: You bet. Take care. <laughs>